Nation, a Net Martin Psychic World is produced and broadcast by Zeus Radio Network for HearWomenTalk.com. And for the next hour, we will create a place to enlighten, entertain, and empower you. We can talk about everything except police cases. I only work with the police directly pertaining to missing persons. So if you do have a police case, please contact me by email at Annette at closureforyou.com. That's Annette at closureforyou.com. Our phone lines are open at 646-652-2071, where you can ask our guest a question or ask for my psychic impressions about your life. Remember to give us your first name and only one question per caller. My guests will be authors and experts from the field of alternative health, artists, metaphysics, life coaches, psychologists, spirituality, astrology, paranormal phenomena, ghost hunting, plus live on-air psychic readings by yours truly. Life can be mysterious and challenging at times, so perhaps with the help of our guest and myself, we can shed a little white light on your life. Our special guest today is Dr. Margaret Cochran, a well-known psychotherapist in San Jose, California. Dr. Cochran has been an educator, author, and professional therapist for more than 28 years. Mm. Her dynamic and engaging approach has made her a sought-after speaker in the areas of relationships, business dynamics, personal growth, and parenting. And over the years, Dr. Cochran's skills and no-nonsense style have helped people from every walk of life. Dr. Cochran's background and experience have given her a unique perspective from which to provide help, insight, and healing. With graduate degrees in education, clinical social work, and transpersonal psychology, she has worked with a wide variety of clients, both individual and organizational. And Dr. Cochran has been featured in the media on both radio and television. She is also the host of the hit internet talk show, Wisdom, Love, and Magic, which is currently number one on iTunes in the mental health category. With her many celebrity guests, she has discussed topics ranging from psychic phenomena to physics and everything in between. And now it gives me great pleasure to welcome my very special guest, Dr. Margaret Cochran. Welcome, Dr. Cochran. It's a pleasure to be here, Annette, as always. Oh, it is such a treat to have you on the show today because here we are, the first Wednesday of the month, where we have (laughs) promised you a very special show on our process called Psychology. Psychology. Yeah, that's right. Yes, P-S-I-cology. Oh, let me kind of explain a little bit about what psychology is. It comes as regular as a period, but it's a lot more fun. (laughs) That is for sure. And with psychology, we can help to accelerate and clarify the process by using my intuitive powers and the extensive clinical skills of Dr. Margaret Cochran to interpret, analyze, and offer solutions to your problems at hand. And so we're inviting you to call in and ask us a question about one area of your life. This could be your love relationships, your children, a job, your health, everything except, of course, a police investigation. So our lines are open at 646-652-2071. Or you can write a note in our chat room as well, and I will read your note on the air. So, Dr. Cochran, maybe you can explain uh, a little bit about how psychologists have been trained so we can uh, explain to our audience how psychology works. Okay. Well, I developed psychology because uh, I experienced some frustrations with, as you point out, the way that, that uh, we're trained to think. And we, from for the most part, um, therapists practice something called ego psychology, and they're looking at things from a linear perspective using primarily the left side of their brain. And uh, they're uh, looking at it from a, a factual perspective. In other words, someone presents a piece of information to them, 
And then their job is to try and put the pieces of the puzzle together. However, it leaves out, unfortunately, for both the clinician and the patient, the whole other half of their brain. Uh, the, the right brain, which does um, intuitive things, uh, creative things, um, more emotional kinds of things. And uh, there are many times when the reason I, I like this concept, I developed this concept of psychology, is because uh, a gifted intuitive like yourself can uh, zero in on something, get a piece of information that doesn't come from any kind of rational or linear process. And then um, I can apply that rational linear process to try and help the person figure out what to do with the information that you've given them. And, you know, it absolutely works magnificently well. We have done this so many times. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Well, what's one of the things that happens, um, as you well know, is that... People experience something uh, that I call psychic amnesia, where <laughs> you'll be you'll you'll just all of a sudden out of the blue say "bleh," you know, you'll give them this powerful piece of information, and they just kind of go ah, oh, they're kind of gorked out, you know, their brain is is in overload, and they don't know what to do with it, and it doesn't make any sense. And then you know, three six weeks later, all of a sudden something will happen, and they'll go ah, oh, that's what she meant by. XYZ, whatever she said. Exactly. So that happens so much. I bet it does. Uh, I know it does. And, and the idea is that when we work together, hopefully we can process that information in real time in the moment now so that the person can use it. Absolutely. And then they can walk off with that information and transform their lives and get on with their lives and, and understand a little bit better about what is going on with them. I think that is such a wonderful thing to have happen. Love me some transformation. <laughs> that is for sure. And you know what? What? We have some callers on the line. <gasps> we so do. I think we do. Oh, goody. Let me see here. Yeah, we have <laughs> Gloria from Myrtle Beach. Hi, Gloria. Hi, Gloria. Hi, Annette. How are you? Just fine. And do you have a question for Dr. Cochran and I? Um, yeah, I wanted to see if um, you could tell me... Um, well, first, I'm having some problems with my daughter. Um, she's in university, her fourth year, and she had a bit of a nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. What's her first name? Of, what's her first name? Brandy. Yes. Sandy? And I'm in a Brandy with a B. Brandy, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, Brandy. And uh, she was doing really well, and she had this bit of a breakdown. I'm in the midst of trying to make a decision on a move, and I'm wondering what your thoughts are on it. In moving her, or are you moving? Well, both You're talking both. No, I, I wouldn't do that right at this time. No, not, not if she's having so much um, psychological problem and emotional. I, I feel there's a lot of emotional things going on with Brandy. Like, um, and also, ha- has she been doing any drinking? Um, actually, just since she had this breakdown, she is. Mm-hmm. She's on the honor roll, um, one year away from a doctorate. And mm. the breakdown came out of nowhere. It was almost like a psychotic episode. And does your daughter have a diagnosis, Gloria? No, no, they don't. They don't know why it happened. Nothing. It just I came see. out of nowhere. It could, have, it could have been brought on from an accident we were in a couple of years ago. A car did she accident. have a he- Did she have a head injury? Um, yeah, we both had hit our heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, because uh, what I'm feeling is that there's a lot of uh, disconnect going on in the brain. It's like the, we're not making, all the neurons are not connecting in the brain. And so that is why um, I felt that she was going to the alcohol to try and calm herself down. She's trying to get hold of herself, and she's having difficulty with doing that. Um, I would suggest, I don't know, Dr. Cochran, what you think, but I would suggest some kind of a a scan uh, of the brain to see what is going on with the brain. When, When she had her break, could you describe it briefly to us, what happened? Um, she... Just all of a sudden, I was away, and she had taken on a lot more than what she was used to, and she was taking care of her daughter. And normally, I took care of her daughter. Mm-hmm. And um, she actually, just be, uh, around Christmas time, she had gone out with friends drinking, and I noticed that she was just not herself. 
Mm-hmm. We had a little bit of an episode then, but when she had this breakdown, it was almost like she was paranoid of everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, like she had some auditory um, hallucinations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right she was hearing things. Right at the end of it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, is she on medication currently? Yeah, she's on medication now. Okay. And does she seem to be responding well to that? Well, I think so, but um, you know, she's not herself. Like, she's still not back to being. She's almost like a whole different person. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is she seeing? Is she seeing a therapist? Yeah, she is. Okay. uh, I think she's going to change therapists. Okay, all right. Well, it's it's very very important um, <clears throat> that she talk with somebody who who knows how to work with individuals who've had a clo- what's called a closed head injury from the accident that you had. Uh, it, it can cause all kinds of difficulty. It can cause change in personality. It can cause uh, problems with attention span. Uh, it can change your ability to tolerate frustration and to deal with stimuli. And it sounds like some of that has happened with her. And there are some coping mechanisms in addition to the medication that can be very, very helpful in the future for her. And I, I really... What I noticed, that, like, we're thinking it's the accident. I don't know whether it would show up that long after the accident. That was about 2008. And yeah. after that, um, all of a sudden she said her nerves seemed bad, and then plus she was getting really frustrated easily. Yeah, and, and what she's experiencing is, is something called anxiety, but it can also show up as agitation, meaning that she'll, she'll get... Um, Excited in a negative kind of way, you know, kind of kind of angry, a little bit, little testy, sh- short temper, um, that kind of thing. So there are there are certain medications, yeah, there are certain medications that can help her a lot, and and a therapist who understands how to work with folks who've had a closed head injury and are suffering in that way can be extremely beneficial. So um, I want to I want to really encourage you if she's thinking about changing therapists to to check with that individual and make sure they have experience in working with closed head injuries and, and understand how to go forward in that way. No, she's almost done school, and they said a change would be good for her. And I was thinking of moving before this even happened, so I'm kind of in the midst of whether it would be a good change for her. And uh, well, she's thinking it would be, so I'm well, all right. kind of on what to do. Well, the, the, what, what matters is um, that uh, she first have on board somebody who can give her good guidance because changes can be good things, but they're stressful for all of us, even if it's a really good change. It, it causes stress for, for people. And if, you've, if you're having trouble with attention span and, and you're kind of easily agitated like that, even though it's something you may be excited about and happy about, it can be problematic. So that's why I'm saying whatever you're going to do, um, please be sure that she's on board with, with somebody first who knows how to walk her through that and can talk to her about self-medicating with alcohol, which is, I think, Annette was pointing out. People often do that when they're anxious. They'll they'll drink a little bit to try and sometimes too much because judgment can be infected yeah, as well. Do, you know. And she seems to do better um, at the new place than at the old place. Mm-hmm. Okay, Gloria. Well, thank you so much for calling in and um, do take care of her and uh, we will send lots of white light to your daughter. Thank you. Bye-bye. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to have a lot more callers, I'm sure, and questions uh, for Dr. Cochran and myself. So do hold on, and we'll be right back. (laughs) 
Uh, Dr. Cochran and I have been talking about psychology, which is PSI psychology, and uh, we're here to answer your questions about any aspect of your life, whether it's your love or your career or your health. We can certainly help you out with psychology. Whereas I am giving my intuitive impressions as to what I'm picking up about you, and then Dr. Cochran is giving her traditional psychology aspect as to what is happening and to help you uh, bring some closure to your life. And that is what it is all about. That is what psychology is all about in helping you. So I do believe we have some uh, folks out there on the phone. But first of all, I want to ask you, Dr. Cochran, about the book that you have written. Ah, yes. Well, the name of the book is Sylvia and the Magic Power Sticks. Oh, and this particular book is um, a book about shame. Shame. Shame, yeah. Now, shame is something that controls a lot of people, and they don't even know that it's controlling them. And there are a lot of people and institutions who attempt to use shame to manipulate you and get you to do certain things. Like, for example, if you uh, don't think what I think and feel what I feel, then you're unpatriotic. Or if you don't think what I think and feel what I feel, then you're not a good student or you're not a good um, religious person or you're not blah, 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 you know, fill in the blank, whatever it is. But but basically it's an attempt to say um, that there's fundamentally something wrong with you. The difference between remorse and shame is that remorse is a feeling that you've done something that you don't like. You take responsibility for it and you make amends and then you move on. Shame, on the other hand, is the notion, not that you've made a mistake, but that you are a mistake. And you can't fix that. Mm-hmm. And when people get stuck in a shame place, they can't move forward. They, they become trapped and enclosed in that shame. And it, they can't move on with their lives. They can't become successful. It's a horrible, horrible thing. So I wrote a book about it. How fun. (laughs) How fun is that? That is fun. But it's an allegorical book, which means it's basically written like a fairy tale. So it's for grown-ups. You can share it with your kids. Um, It's nice for grown-ups written like a fairy tale because some people are sort of defended about that shame thing. They're not really ready to own it yet. So when you tell it in fairy tale form, it kind of sneaks underneath their defenses and they go, oh, yeah, that does apply to me. So (laughs) that works well. I love it. I love it that it's in a fairy tale form. Mm-hmm. Because I think the more childlike we are, I think the easier it is for us to understand things. That's absolutely true. Because when you, you know, one of the things that we love about children and that's so cool about them is that they're not defended. And defended means that there are a bunch of beliefs between yourself and what you're doing or yourself and other people. And little kids don't have those yet. So they'll just say whatever, you know, pops out of their mouth and, and they'll just do things. And, um, and we all enjoy it and we think it's wonderful, but we slowly begin the process of teaching that's not what you do. Yes. You know? yes. So the trick is to teach children how to be socialized without using shame. To say, you know, um, I, I know that, that Aunt Mary's put on some weight. And I know you see that, and I know I do too, but it's not something that we necessarily say out loud in front of other people because that would hurt her feelings. Oh, absolutely. That would be something that you would say privately to her and say, I'm concerned about you, versus, gosh, you're fat, Aunt Mary. <laughs> you know, oh, And Aunt Mary would cry. Aunt Mary would cry, that's right. But that's different from saying, that's horrible. How could you do that? You are such a bad boy, girl, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and making them feel like, you know, they are a horrible mistake versus they've made a social faux pas. Right, right. Well, let's go on to uh, a caller that we have, Gabby from San Jose, California. Hi, Gabby. Hi, Gabby. Hi, how are you? We're great. Do you have a question for us? Um, not necessarily a question. Um, I have a seven-year-old daughter whom I think uh, may be special. Uh-huh. Well, of course she's special. She's your daughter. <laughs> what kind of special do you mean? Um, well, it started when she was younger. Um, anything I had that it was that was electronic would break. I'm talking everything. Mm-hmm. And, and now that she's seven, um, she's starting to see people. She's doing what? She's seen people. 
Oh, oh she's okay. seeing people. Oh, uh-huh. Uh, people who are dead. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so you're thinking yes. she's an indigo then? Yes. Um, it's, it's nobody that she knows. It seems, they seem like random people that are just passing by. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't tried to make eye contact or talk to her. Nothing like that. But she does oh. see them in the house, just observing the school, them. in the street. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, okay. Let me. First of all, I want to know her name. Her name is Penny. Penny. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, yes. first, the next question that I have for you is: How is Penny um, explaining this to you? That how she is seeing them, and how does she feel when she's seeing them? Is she sad? Is she excited? Is she happy? Is she afraid? How is she feeling? She's not afraid. Um, she was, yeah, she seemed a little concerned um, the first time it happened, mm-hmm. but it happened so fast and so mm-hmm. often um, that she seems okay with it. She just, just she describes them mm-hmm. to, to sometimes from what they're wearing. Other times they pass by so fast she can't tell if it's a male or a female. Mm-hmm. But for the okay. most part, she can tell me. It's a younger girl. It's an older lady. She says that there's one that looks like me. Um, so they're 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 all different. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, the thing of it is, um, what I'm picking up, Gabby, is that uh, she's extremely clairvoyant, and so she is seeing these energies, and they do come and they do pass through, and sometimes they're very very fast. And children will see them more readily than an adult will because we have so many barriers that we put around ourselves and so we don't go there, you know, to look at that. But a child is is very open and so they will show themselves to a child and that is exactly what happened to me when I was a little girl as well. So I wouldn't be concerned about her. I, I feel that uh, she's going to be developing and knowing more things. Now, has she started telling you anything predictive at all about what's going to happen in the future or feelings that she has? Feelings, yes. I know she picks up um, kids who are mean. She feels very uncomfortable. She doesn't know how to describe it. She says mm-hmm. they're not picking on her. They're not picking on her friends. But she can feel their bad energy. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I know that she's feeling stuff like that. Good. Okay. My recommendation to you is to encourage her. Never, never put her down for what she's saying to you or what is happening. Um, Tell her that, you know, she's just being very aware and she's very aware of what is going on and most people can't see this kind of thing but that she's fine and make sure that she has a very normal type of life as well okay don't set her apart from other people or other children okay Okay, that that is very important dr the the other thing that's really important about this is that um you you have to teach her that uh with any skill, with any great skill comes great responsibility too, and and that means that um, you you have to again with that we were talking about shame a little earlier without shaming her to to tell her that that's generally not something that she needs to talk to everybody about right now. I agree with that because there are a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, they particularly in my profession who who would immediately pathologize that and see your daughter is schizophrenic or you know having a psychotic break or something like that because they right. they're not comfortable yeah and and I don't want her to ha- I don't want her to go through a bad experience you know I I just worked with a woman recently who um predicted her that her husband was going to die and he did and uh he was hit oh. by a car and she um felt terrible and she was you know when she told her family this they told her that she was she was possessed and she was evil and all this stuff and she went to the ER and they loaded her up with drugs and what she really was was just a clairvoyant and she saw that it was coming but she told the wrong person at the wrong time so it's it's all about helping her understand who's safe to talk to about this stuff and and who isn't right and from my experience I would say that it's only safe for her to really talk to you about it okay yeah and yeah, and your Very husband, 
yeah, only the family members and not to be going and telling her friends because I had made that mistake when I was seven and I started telling the nuns what I was picking up and my friends and, and oh boy, it really created a disaster in my life because everybody moved away from me and they became very frightened of me. And so that was not good. So hopefully you will not do that. Okay. All right, Gabby, thank you so much for calling in. Bye-bye. Thank you. And we have another caller on the line. We've got Suzanne from Long Island, New York. Hmm. Hi, Suzanne. Hi, Suzanne. Hi, how are you? Good. We're doing I, well. I was just, good. I was just wondering if I could have a reading. Absolutely. Um, do you have a question for me? Well, do you anything see anything going on with custody or love life, boyfriend, marriage for me, anything in the future, that kind of thing? Okay, I one question. Okay, ask me one question, and I'll focus on that. Um, love life. Okay, your love life. Okay, so you want to know about your love life? If uh, your boyfriend's going to stay? No, I don't have a boyfriend. I'm looking for a boyfriend, then marriage, and maybe a child, that kind of thing. Uh, okay. Um, actually, I don't see anyone at the moment for you. Uh, I see somebody maybe next year that you're going to meet on a very social aspect. And he, it's going to be with a group of people. So I see you going to some type of, um, it could be uh, either a convention or a dinner party of some kind. And I see this gentleman and you begin to talk and you find out that you have some things in common and then he may ask you out to have coffee and it may go on from there, okay? So that's what I see happening for you right now. Uh, but I don't, You do you have children already? I have one. Mm-hmm. I don't see any other children for you. Not even adopting? Um, possibly, but uh, no, I, I, I'm not seeing that at all. No, no, I don't. So that's the best thing that I can tell you right now, Suzanne. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you, honey, so much for calling in. All right, and we do have another caller, Dr. Cochran. Okay. We've got Sashi from Miami. Hi, Sashi. Hi, Sashi. What a great name. Hi, thank you. <laughs> okay, my question has to do with my career. I'm like, I have no idea. I have some ideas. I have actually a lot of ideas of what I want to do, and I just can't figure out where to focus. And I'm like, uh, like, what industry <laughs> do you see me, I guess, like, um, get my next industry that I'm going to excel at or I should pretty much center my focus in? Okay, Sashi, have you looked at becoming a nurse? No. No. Okay. Um, I see you in some type of medical type of profession. Okay. Uh, you know what's very funny? I've had readings before. Honestly, when I was in middle school, I went to a medical magnet. I've never, I just feel like that's not for me, but I've had other readings before, and people keep, like, that keeps coming up. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny and it's driving me crazy because that's not one of the things that I like really ever wanted to do and it's not one of the things that I want to do but it keeps coming up every time I have a reading tell me what you tell me what you associate with being in medicine blood and um sick people and I feel really bad <laughs> yeah like, well like, here's Here's what I want you to, to consider, to focus on, because I had a feeling that's what you were going to yeah. say. I think what, the, what these intuitive people are telling you is that you have the ability to nurture, you have a sunny disposition, yeah. you have a good sense of humor, and that you can be mm -hmm. healing with those talents, not necessarily pus and blood. There are other ways for you to be in the medical profession that don't have to be so nasty and gooey and mucousy. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Have you thought oh, about... I feel like crying right now. It's okay. When, when you get to a place where... No, it's crazy where, because, yeah. 
when, when you get to a place where you're doing okay. real work, where you're really doing something that, that's hard or new or you're on the verge of something, you often feel those kind of tears. It's kind of overwhelming, which is exciting. No. Yeah. You, you no, see, okay, I don't know why I'm getting so emotional right now because I swear to God, like, I've had readings for years, and every time they keep telling me, like, nurse medical, nurse medical, and that's, like, not something I want to do. Right. <laughs> so it drives me crazy. Right. And what I'm telling you is don't get stuck on your traditional idea of nurse and medical, Sashi. Don't, don't get stuck. You can create your own space for being nurturing and, and healing and helpful to other people. It doesn't have to be the traditional way. Right. You can also look at, have you looked at uh, becoming a therapist at all? I mean, it could be down that avenue as well, because therapists are healing people all the time, just like a nurse is doing. I, yeah, they're all different kinds well, of I ways. Feel like, I feel like naturally, like with my friends and everyone, I'm definitely an uplifter and I definitely motivate people. And I definitely nurture my friends and like kind of send them on the right track. Um, yeah. And so in that way, like in a life coach way and like, yeah. um, I'm totally good at that, but I feel like it's funny because what I was thinking about recently was, okay, the crossroads, whether I want to do, like, real estate, commercial real estate, or do I want to do, like, entertainment, and it's funny that, like, the, the nursing keeps coming up. Well, what, what, what you need to understand when you're talking to someone who's an intuitive is that, is that they get images, okay, that, that mean certain mm -hmm. things. And and when an intuitive person sees uh, somebody who has healing ability, that's the message that's going to come to them. But it doesn't necessarily mean mm -hmm. that you have to put on a smock and give people shots. It just means that you you yeah. are are somebody who's supportive. You have a good sense of humor. You you have that healing energy, and you can take that to any anything that you want. I mean, you don't you don't have to just work in a mm -hmm. hospital or work in a doctor's office. Is what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, what if I like channel that into like entertainment? Well, you can do that if you want to. There, there are certainly, for example, um, people who use uh, comedy and to it's very healing. You know, the, um, people who mm -hmm. do motivational speaking are are very healing. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of different ways, absolutely, that you could do that. Just don't get stuck in, I have to put on a nurse's uniform and, and go change bedpans, because you don't have to do that. Right. And good luck to you. Because that's, Thank like, not you, me Sasha. at all. Okay. Thank you for calling in, honey. Take care of yourself. Okay. And okay. we're going to be right back. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we have more callers on the line for Dr. Cochran and Annette Martin. We've been talking to our guest, Dr. Margaret Cochran. We've been doing our new form of psychology, which we call psychology with a P-S-I-cology, and um, talking to people, giving them a reading, and then Dr. Cochran will give her spin on what she feels is going on psychologically. So this seems to be working very well. And if you would like to call in and ask us a question, our number is 646-652-2071, or you can send us a note in the chat room as well. And, you know, Dr. Cochran, before we go back to our lines, um, what do you think is the most powerful tool that a human being can have, you know, psychologically speaking? Well, the most powerful tool that, that anyone can have psychologically speaking is something called insight. And insight is the ability to um, look at your own behavior and um, relate to it and see how it affects your life. And a, and a lot of going to psychotherapy is to develop insight. But some people have a great deal of difficulty with it. For example, our last caller was really struggling with, you know, she keeps hearing about how she needs to go into medicine. And she was feeling very hurt and frustrated because she could only think of that in one way. But developing insight would help her see that there'd be lots of different ways that she could use that skill and she doesn't need to feel trapped or disturbed by that. 
Right, right, right. Well, we have someone in the chat room here who said, uh, is asking a question, uh, Joanne, and she says, do all people have the ability to communicate with spirits, but some people just tap into more easily than others? Well, I would say that that is very true. I, I do think that everyone has the capability of tuning in because we are all intuitive. We all have a sixth sense. But what has happened is that some people seem to be more open to the spirits or a ghost. And that is kind of a phenomenon in itself. And people who are not even working as a clairvoyant or as a medium or even see themselves as an empath will see a spirit or they will get a glimpse of a ghost. So it, it is a, a very interesting thing. And I do feel that it has to do with where your mind is at that point in time. So if your left brain is kind of quiet, which is where we would like it to be when you're being intuitive, and the right brain is very active, you're just kind of relaxing and kind of enjoying yourself and not paying attention or not thinking about something. That is when I have found in my research is that people will see a spirit or a, they will see a ghost, which is very, very interesting. Now, Dr. Cochran, I know that you've had a lot of patients who come in who feel that they have seen a ghost. Maybe you can address that a little bit as well. Well, um, I think the other important piece of this is a physiological one, meaning that it depends on the organization of your brain. And people, different brains are better at different things. Like some people, you know, are incredible musicians. It just comes very naturally to them. They don't have to work very hard at it. And the rest of us, you know, are pounding away on our piano lessons, just doing everything we can. <laughs> We're just not making music, just making notes. Just notes. That's right. Um, you know, other people can dance. Some people can cook. I mean, everybody's brain is a little bit different and more receptive to certain things. So... It's true that, you know, anybody's capable of dancing or singing or, or being intuitive, but some of us are going to come to it much more easily than others. As, as it said, you know, you just have a gift for whatever that particular thing is. And you also find, too, that there's a genetic component frequently runs in families, as I believe in your family, Annette. You oh, had, absolutely. Was it your grandmother that was the? Absolutely. I have both sides of the family. Ah, there you go. That were intuitive. Mm-hmm. My mother's mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, was extremely clairvoyant, mm-hmm. and she was using old deck of poker cards and going down. Oh, really? To, <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah, she was going down to a, a local restaurant and doing readings for people for years, and we didn't know a thing about it. For years. Well, that's probably why you're so good because you're what's called a super gene. When you when you have da da da, da when you have there's a little cape on the genes, you know, when they fly through. Um, Super Gene is a person who has genetic material from both sides of the house, so to speak, about a certain thing. For example, you can be a Super Gene about depression. Say you, Grandpa had depression on one side of the family, and then on Mom's side, uh, maybe her sister had depression. So you have genes coming from both places, and, and that intensifies your experience of whatever it is that you're doing. And in your case, you know, it makes you uh, a very gifted psychic, very easily able to tune in and be very accurate and laser-like in your focus. Yes, it, you know, it is fascinating because it is really, it, it comes so easily to me. And um, my father's side of the family also had this. And so it, uh, it just became such a natural thing for me as, as a small child. Well, anyway, um, you know, I have another question for you. Do you now? Yes. You know. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> what advice would you give to people who are looking for a therapist? And I think that's a, a question that a lot of people have. Hmm. Well... There are there are a number of different places that people come from. I mean, I can give you sort of a generic philosophical answer, but I know that a lot of people have uh, real financial concerns, especially right now, and so they're often looking to their insurance plan to find, <clears throat> excuse me, therapists. And uh, what's tough about that is that often uh, therapists who participate in insurance are financially motivated to make the therapy go really quick and kind of get you out the door. What you need to look at, no matter where you're looking for a therapist, is does the person make sense to you? Do they seem to be empathic and understanding? Uh, Do they seem to be able to um, quickly uh, understand the things that you're expressing? And are they able to help you clarify your thoughts if you're feeling confused or overwhelmed? Uh, And um, 
Do you feel a sense of acceptance and support from that person? Because, you know, the biggest part of therapy is relationship. Not that the therapist is going to become your friend, you know. That's their jo- it's not their job. Their job, however, is to help you become your best self. And that takes a certain amount of caring and compassion to make that happen. Absolutely. Um, we have another gal here in the chat room. Uh, her name is uh, Gloria, I believe. Mm-hmm. And she is asking, uh, she's saying that I've had lights around me in photos since I was a baby. Lights, halos, etc. And they always show up around her in every picture that is taken. And she wants to know if we have any ideas about that. I want to know who her photographer is. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to have lights around me. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> well, that is a really good question, Gloria, because one of the things that I'm sure that you're aware of that so many people talk about orbs uh, being in photographs and then people are interpreting that the orbs are spirits. Well, I don't believe that, and I do not feel that the orbs are spirits. I feel that they can be created by uh, condensed uh, water. Uh, They can be caused by bugs. They can be caused by little things flying around in the air. But if you're seeing little lights in your photographs, that would tell me that your energies are shooting out from your auric field. Now, that is a very, very different kind of thing. And it is kind of interesting because I've had people tell me that they see that around me. Uh, It doesn't always show up in photographs, but they will see these kind of sparks coming out from my aura. And uh, I thought you just short-circuited there, Annette. I thought I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, so that is kind of fascinating. So, Gloria, I think that's kind of what's going on with you. And um, um, since you're not, maybe you can uh, talk to me via the chat and tell me if anyone has ever said that to you as well. Because so, do you see that in other people when you when you you know you um, are so gifted and see and you're so good at looking inside people's bodies and seeing what's going on? Are you also an aura person? Do you see people's auras when you look at them? Absolutely. Yeah, I do see the auras and I see the colors in the aura. In fact, that is the very first thing that I see. Really? Yes. And so the aura and the color depending upon where it is in the body gives me an indication as to where I should go and look. Oh, so do I have a flattering aura? Is it a good color for me? It's a good color, darling. Oh, thank yes. you so much. What color is it? What color am I? It ch- doesn't it change, it changes though? changes all the time. So what color am I today? Uh, you're kind of blue. Kind of blue. Light blue color. Oh, I like blue. It's a good color for me. It's like my eyes. Very nice. So what does light blue mean? Light blue means that you're uh, becoming very aware of what is going on with you intuitively as well as intellectually. Ooh, a double shot, huh? It's a double shot. Cool. Hope it's no fat, too. (laughs) Double shot, no fat of intuition. I love that. We don't want the fat. No fat, no, no. (laughs) Absolutely not. Okay, so it, it, uh, let's see. I'm seeing here that what Gloria is saying, too, in the chat room is she says it's Ben White. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it happens when she's ill. And so, and when she was pregnant, now see, again, that is very interesting interesting. because what she's doing is she's sending that energy out. Mm -hmm. And so it's leaking out of the aura Mm -hmm. and and going out, almost asking for help at times and uh, looking for more energy. So, you know, Gloria, what I would suggest to you is that you really get into the white light and go out there and start learning how to use the white light and bring it inside of you. And I can tell you very quickly how to do that. All you do is you need to take three deep breaths, uh, leave your palms open, and visualize white light coming in through your frontal lobe, and take in a deep breath through your, mouth, through your nose, and, and count up to ten. And then exhale through your mouth on a count of 10. And this will only take you about a minute or so to do this process. And what will happen is that you will be adding white light into your aura, which will help you to uh, feel uh, so much more together. And so that they won't be sparking out all the time. Okay. It's also really important, too, that you take care of your body. 
Because if you're doing energy work of any kind, whether it's your own or with other people, it's, it's important that you have a strong core and, and that you're feeling healthy. So I hope you're taking really good care of yourself, eating well, making sure there's a form of exercise that you're doing. And it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to join a gym or anything. You can just be walking regularly. Um, but, you know, uh, anything meditative like yoga or Tai Chi or Pilates or anything like that will, will help you learn uh, focus and concentration, which will help you work with energy more effectively. Oh, I, I think that's very good. And also, you know, her intuitive energy is mm-hmm. very, very strong. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's why she really needs to control this so mm-hmm. that it, it doesn't kind of go kitty wampus. Yeah, <laughs> she could set something on fire there. That could be bad. Yeah, well, not only that, she could turn on television sets and turn on coffee pots and <laughs> do all kinds of you things. You know, like my that. sister will not let me touch anything electronic in her house. She will absolutely, I, I'm not allowed to touch a curling iron, nothing, because I blow it up. I don't know what, <laughs> dangerous that way. Oh, dear. Okay. All right. Well, you know, we're going to take a very, very short break, and we're going to come right back with Annette Martin's Psychic World. We've been talking to Dr. Margaret Cochran. We're back with Annette Martin, Psychic World. And we were going to be talking a little about something that I I think is really kind of interesting, Dr. Cochran, is that you and I have talked many times Mm -hmm. about your peers and what they think about (laughs) you (laughs) working with a psychic. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's pretty horrible. Well, And I have to tell you, listening to your theme song, I, I have to go home and watch The Wizard of Oz now. I just I, I can't stand it. Well, um, it is, uh, when I was in graduate school, I asked one of my professors uh, at Shrink U, I asked one of my professors, <laughs> I said, you know, what, what do I do with intuitive hits that I get about my patients? And he just kind of looked down at me and he said, nothing, because there's no such thing as intuition. And, You're and no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And I knew then that that I was really on my own, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it's extremely valuable in working with people. And and what's important, as you well know, is you don't make assumptions. You know, you get your intuitive hits, and then you ask questions. Now, what's hard about that for you, I would guess, is that that's often how people in my profession and in others attempt to accuse you of being a fake. Because if you get a piece of information, you want to ask for clarification from the person, you know. And so they'll say, oh, well, you're just doing a cold reading. You're not really getting any information. You're pumping the person for information. Mm-hmm. So one of the ways that people can tell the difference is if, if, you, if you go for a reading with a psychic and they give you a piece of information and then they say something like, does that make sense to you? Or, or have you had an experience like that before? Or, you know, was your mother cruel to you, um, that, that's not necessarily, uh, you know, just pumping information, try and fake it. They, they're looking to see if, if the information that they're getting is correct because any good psychic will tell you that uh, sometimes they get stuff that's off track. And, and they also will tell you that any information they get is based on what you're doing and who you are in the now. But you have the power to change that. You can make that be different if you want to. It is your future, and you do have control over it. And, uh, you know, if you run across someone uh, who's an intuitive who tries to tell you that they're in control of your future, you're talking to the wrong person. That's also true for a therapist, by the way. I think so. I think that is very true for Mm -hmm. a therapist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering, you know, from from your perspective, um, you know, you're talking about when you were little. And you uh, tried to talk to your friends about, you know, what was going on with you. Right. Um, It must have been a pretty traumatic experience. And and I'm wondering how you took care of yourself about that. How I took care of myself? Well, you know, 
it, it was really difficult because it took me a while to learn how to adjust to all of this mm-hmm. because I thought that everyone could do that. Could do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought everybody could see inside people's bodies, and mm-hmm. I thought everybody could sing because um, everyone in my family could sing as yes, well, yes. and and so I just assumed that, right. and no one told me anything any differently. So mm-hmm. there I was. So I had to kind of learn uh, after having everyone, as I had talked earlier in the show about having to people back away from me mm-hmm. and, and just think I was weird yep. and very strange. Yes. And uh, I didn't understand that. I didn't know why they were backing away. I thought maybe, gosh, I was a bad girl and I had done something wrong. Wrong, right? That's right. Oh, and, and it was very frightening. And so mm-hmm. I had to learn as I grew how to really handle all of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's funny. You talk about that in, in my book, Sylvia and the Magic Power Sticks. One of the uh, characters in the story, Sylvia, the, the little girl, she can see the magic that's all around us. And she tries to talk to her family and others about that and, and wants them to join with her in it. And they just think she's nuts. So she has a pretty tough time, you know, trying to come to terms and make sense out of that mm-hmm. and feel safe in the world. And I would imagine that's kind of, you know, experience like you had when you were little trying to sort all that out. And given that your family is so psychic, I, I feel sad that, that someone wasn't able to come forward and help guide you and learn how to use your your talents and skills. Yes, well, the only people that I had coming towards me were was my guide, who his name is Kama. Oh, yeah. And uh, this loud baritone voice mm. would come forward and tell me, you know, what to do. That must have been spooky. It was. It was, because I wasn't sure about him either, and I thought maybe I was a little crazy. But <laughs> <laughs> as it turned out, I wasn't. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Well, you know, Dr. Cochran, we're coming to the end of our show. I can't believe it. We ran out of time. No more fun. I know. It's just been absolutely fantastic. And I know that you're going to come back again to see me on uh, the first Wednesday of the month. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. And would you like to give out your uh, web address or your phone number? Yeah, you can find me at drcochran.com. That's drcochran.com. And you can email or whatever you want to do. Absolutely. So that is www.drcochran.com. And we're going to have to wrap it up for this week. And I'm Annette Martin, psychic detective and medical intuitive. And you can find my website at annette-martin.com. That's annette dash martin.com next week my guest will be steve matee a publisher and an author so until next week this has been annette martin's psychic world produced and broadcast by zeus radio network for hear women talk may the white light be with you